Okay, everybody, welcome in another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Full Chiefs recap today. I didn't anticipate before the start of this season having to have already done four Losing Monday episodes, but uh, here we are. Chiefs lose yesterday's game in the Music City 3-27. to um, it's honestly, now that 24 hours has passed, it's honestly pretty laughable just saying that out loud. Because quite frankly, it the Chiefs kind of deserved to, to lose the game that way. Um, they just showed up and flat out got their ass kicked. In a weird way, I think I'm kind of glad that it happened. I don't think we should have even, we shouldn't have been in that game, A, and B, we didn't deserve to be. I'm glad we got our ass kicked. Maybe some sort of positive spin. This was the ass kicking we needed. I mean, the Bills game was a bad game. We were in the game till the very end, theoretically. This game was over from the freaking first drive. I mean, they went down there, got the ball uh, inside the five-yard line, of course, to the demise of our highest-paid defensive player, Frank Clark, jumping off sides. Who knows what happens if we hold him to a field goal there, but that's besides the point. Derrick Henry goes and dunks on us, throws a touchdown pass. Never thought I would have seen that. Great play call. Um, and, and, of course, our defense just fails to react to anything, as always. And um, I guess that's, that's just a good, uh, good time to bring on Johnny Rowe. Johnny, it's been a real gloom and doom kind of day. Uh, not a lot of sunshine and kind of fitting for yesterday's performance. Your thoughts. Hey Chandler. Um, yeah, just going off of what you said. So like you can try to spin it as positively as you want. Yeah. Let's just look at reality. The reality is, is that the chiefs are not good. The chiefs are, the chiefs have elite talent at a handful of positions. I would say that those positions are quarterback, your f- one of your wide receivers, your tight end. I would say your, I don't even know if I could say Tyron is that. I don't know if I could say Chris Jones is that. And I actually think Harrison Butker is really good. Other than that, I think talent-wise, you are extremely deficient on this team. And so that's why and the 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 main points that I'm going to make on this on this show are directed at Brett Veach and um, we'll, we'll get into all of those. Cause I have a lot, but my thoughts on the game are that the Titans are significantly better than the chiefs. The Titans have now beaten the bills in the chiefs. The Titans were coming off of a technically a short week and um, They took it to the Chiefs from the very beginning. The Chiefs cannot stop committing penalties, which has been a reoccurring theme in the entire Andy Reid tenure as head coach. The Chiefs, you go back to that that Frank Clark comment that you made. The Chiefs were in third and a long five. It was actually six, I believe. Um, Frank Clark jumps off sides, not even really close. Like there was a lot of time on the play clock and Ryan Tannehill just gets his ass to jump, thus creating a third and inches and a third and one. And Derrick Henry is going to get that. So it's just like from the beginning of the game, the Chiefs couldn't get out of their own way. It translated back over to the offense again. The turnovers won't stop. It's now been six weeks. And um, 
this is the first Chiefs game in a long time that I actually didn't watch the entire thing. After halftime, I did not watch any of the game. Now, I have been a diehard Chiefs fan my entire life. I'm diehard. The Chiefs are ingrained in every fiber of my being. It pains me to death when the Chiefs lose. Um, I don't think that makes me a Fairweather fan in the slightest. The Chiefs are a pathetic team to watch right now. And I don't think, like, until it gets fixed, people don't need, if they don't want to watch, don't watch. You don't need to waste your time. That doesn't, in my opinion, that does not make you a Fairweather fan. Fairweather, like, this is beyond pathetic. Fairweather is if you bail on the Chiefs after the Ravens lost this year. It has been shit since the, the entire season. It's been shit. And it's because the roster is talent deficient. That's what I got. Yeah, um, I don't I don't agree with you, but I hear you and I understand what you're saying. I think it doesn't make you less of a fan for not watching. That's just I have to watch all 60 minutes, just the kind of person I am. But it I didn't want to watch the second half. I was kind of, quite honestly jealous of you. You told me to keep you updated, and really there was nothing to update, nothing happened in the second half and that has yet to happen in the Mahomes era I even tricked myself into thinking we can kind of maybe do it and this team is just flat out incapable of doing the stuff they used to do and 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 I I don't know I mean I know the personnel is bad that's no that's no um no secret there but some of this play calling on both sides of the ball we for well start on defense we suck at man-to-man we play a shit ton of man-to-man what what secondary are they watching that we're not watching i'm sorry football is not that complicated of a game just keep everything in front of you. You know what I mean? I mean, people are wide open. Julio Jones, simple crossing patterns, wide open all day. Then that leads me into my second point. If you're going to play man-to-man defense, why are we not blitzing more people? Get after the quarterback. We obviously can't do it with our four-down linemen, which will lead me to my third point. What defensive line is this coaching staff looking at? When it keeps asking it to do the same things week in and week out, and we know it can't be taken care of, why have they not moved Chris Jones back inside yet? It it does not make any sense. It really doesn't. Get Okafor more reps out there on defensive end. Get Chris Jones inside. Mix in Mike Dana, and if since we have to, play Frank Clark. But, I mean, it, it's obvious that this Chris Jones thing outside has hurt us all year, and it's not improving. Most of the time, we said this week two after the Ravens game. We were like, okay, his first test against an unbelievable running quarterback. We thought, you know, he gets more reps at it. He gets He's playing defensive end more. He'll get better as the season goes on. Either he's not accepting the role or he's just not good at it because he's good at being massive on the inside and taking up two, three blocks at a time. It, it's obvious that it's not working. So there's the defensive coaching points I don't understand. On offense, 
we're not running the ball enough. That's what this offensive line is good at. I'm not saying they're not bad pass blockers, but they need the running game to slow down these pass rushers that we're playing against. I mean, the Titans looked like they had elite pass rushers, and it was because all we were doing was throwing. Even when the game was close, you get down 14, you can't abandon the run. And that's exactly, exactly what we did. I mean, it's like we're trying – it's like we're doing the 18-19 Chiefs in reverse where we would hitch it quick, hitch it quick, run, 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 hitch it quick, and then set up the deep ball. Instead, right now, Bienemy's calling it to where he wants it to be big play to Tyreek, big play down the field all the time, and it just isn't working. I don't understand what is going on. They're not changing anything. The game plans to me have looked the exact same all year, and the other teams are adjusting, and we're not. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think the offense, just as a whole, it's hard. It's hard to describe. They're like you know, you look at the Eagles game; uh, they were incredibly efficient. Other than the turnovers against the Chargers, they could move the hell out of the ball. Scored a lot of points against the Browns. Scored 35 against the Ravens. Um, they've been able to like move the ball at times, but what's frustrating is like you're saying the chiefs are, it's been like eight weeks now going back to the Buccaneers game of teams approaching you the exact same way. Don't blitz rush with four and drop everyone back into coverage. And the chiefs just can't find a way to get out of their own way. I I'm, I'm baffled by these turnovers. I am, I am expecting the chiefs to turn the ball over on every possession. I'm, I'm not lying. I am expecting someone to fumble or or Mahomes to now throw an interception on, on every drive. Let me just interrupt you real quick. I'm not kidding you. Every time, and this has nothing to do with my bias, but every time Nicole Hartman has the ball, I think he's going to fumble. I yeah. legit have it in my mind. I'm like, he, this, he's going to fumble on this play. We're going to get the ball on. I believe he's now fumbled seven times and lost it in the Chiefs uniform. Yeah, it's contagious, Johnny. It's, it's so contagious. Right. The team is just waiting for someone to make um, to make a mistake. I really I truly believe that the entire struggles of this team, though, do generate like the, the nucleus of the struggles come from how incredibly inept the defense is. Like it is yeah. truly awful. It makes 2018 2018 doesn't look so bad. The defense mm-hmm. in 2018. This is historically bad. You know, we it's like the tempo gets you we're we're disorganized we we look small and unathletic mike hughes should not be on aj brown but he has to be because brett veach has created a defense where others can't be there's no one else to be on him who who else are you going to put on aj brown is is there somebody that would be better i honestly don't know no. um brett veach's inability to find players that contribute in the front seven is glaring the team yes the secondary could be better but I really think that the 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 work the the, again the nucleus of the struggles on the defense are from your pass rush Frank Clark is fucking terrible Frank Clark is bad Mm -hmm. Nick Bolton had double the tackles yesterday that Frank Clark has all season Nick Bolton is not very good no, he like isn't. he had a good game yesterday, but I mean, I mean, c- c- come on, you, you you got blown out by twenty four points. Frank Clark is a pit 
a money pit on this team. And look, before he comes to Kansas City, Frank Clark is this badass guy from Skid Row, didn't grow up with anything, just loves ball. His body is, you know, he's unguardable. He mauls people. He's fast, gets sacks. Frank Clark, uh, after the AFC championship game, the Super Bowl year at Arrowhead, talked a whole bunch of shit about Derrick Henry. We sending his ass home early. That trophy got my owner name on it. You know, that shit stays in KC. You know, this is all before he wins a Super Bowl and before his big money kicks in. Look, dude, I'm telling you, this guy does not play the same way. I am, I, I firmly believe this, right? And I'm not just trying to say an easy thing, stupid thing. Frank Clark got paid. Frank Clark got the ring. Frank Clark is not the same guy. He's no. just not. Look, this is a harsh reality that, that you have to, this is a harsh business, right? The NFL. The reason there is so much parody in the NFL year to year, Andy Reid says it all the time. There's great parody in this league. The reason there is so much parody in the NFL is because of the physical aspect of the game. You can be a great player one year, have a bad injury, and you are never the same player, right? Your body ages. The, the, the hits rack up onto you. You look at the Belichick years in, in, in when the Patriots were so good. I know they're an anomaly. There probably won't be anybody like that ever again. But what did Belichick do year in and year out? He made tough decisions that the media scrutinized about personnel. Belichick constantly, he would cut good players. One that comes to mind, Trey Flowers was, I believe, was that his name? The, the, the defensive lineman who was a great defensive end who went to the Lions. Yeah. People did not understand. They don't understand why Belichick would not sign these guys and keep them around. I really believe this, Chandler. I think that there is weight in having young, hungry players who haven't gotten the Super Bowl yet, who are willing to throw their bodies around willy-nilly. Like, there is weight in that. Mm -hmm. And the Chiefs have gotten too nice with their personnel and paid too many guys because it's the right thing and it's biting them in the ass. And Frank Clark is a prime example. You not only paid him five years, $104 million, you gave up a first and second round pick for him because he came in to change the culture. What culture does this football team have right now? Zero. This team has zero culture right now. I'll take a break and get back into it, but you go ahead. No, yeah, I really like that. Um, I mean, he you can argue that he did create some sort of culture when he initially got here, but you're right. He got paid, and it isn't the same. I, w- I re-watched the uh, condensed game. Shout out Blaine Wheeler for giving me his NFL game pass login. But I watched this game, and I, I think it's like the third or fourth or fifth play of the game. I mean, it's the first quarter, so he wasn't fatigued. He, I mean, this is his fifth rep. He gets one-on-one blocked by a tight end on a play action. It's like, what are you talking about? The very first play of the game, they snap the ball on the 25-yard line. They run an off-tackle play to Derrick Henry and to the right, away from Frank Clark, and he is on the 30. He gets pushed back by their left tackle five yards. And back that's up left first- tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawan out. That's the first play of the game. So, like you said, what culture is that? That's first off, that's soft as shit. It's just like 
you're totally right with them saying or with with you saying that um they've gotten too soft they got nostalgic the front office clearly got nostalgic after this group won the super bowl and they just wanted to keep everybody together because everybody told them how good they are and they couldn't see down the road and it's I, I know that hindsight is always 2020, but it's so obvious. And when you bring up the Patriots, it's such a good point because that's exactly what Bill Belichick's done year in, year out. People are like, wait, why'd you get rid of Stephon Gilmore? Well, he's probably, he probably doesn't have that many years left and he got something for him. So, and he's coming off an injury. So it's like, there's some, oh, there's a lot of merit to that. And I have no issue with paying guys, but you need to evaluate A, longevity, and B, did Frank Clark really deserve a hundred and what is it, 40 million? 104. 104? Five years, 104. Yeah. Sorry, five years, 104 million. I mean, I know he came in and played well, but did he deserve that? Did he deserve that when he first? I don't think so. That's no. crazy money. Chandler and the reason they did that like it's because because Frank Clark carried himself the way he did on a team the Chiefs right the the Chiefs knew what they had in Patrick Mahomes right after 2018 we and they fired Bob Sutton they gutted the defense of uh, Chiefs long-term players uh, you know Justin Houston comes to mind and Eric Berry and they are craving a new generation on the Chiefs defense. They bring in Spagnolo, a veteran who can get them there quickly as opposed to a young guy in their mind, um, you know, after firing a, a, another veteran. They bring in Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, these guys who are the dog mentality, right? These guys who are dogs are going to come in instantly and get into the locker room and change the way things are. You know, a parallel that I kind of drew to that was like when 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 the Royals brought in James Shields and people viewed James Shields as like this big locker room guy, a guy who can change how the locker room goes. Okay. So that, that's kind of what they did similarly with Clark and Matthew. Okay. It worked in 2019. That's, that's fine. Like this Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is like the only Trump card that they have because, you know, if you did win the Super Bowl, it'd be so much worse, but they did win the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, this culture change that you brought in, only lasted like a year or two. You cannot overpay somebody because of the culture they bring into the locker room. It's total oh. bullshit. And it's totally, it's, it's, it's bad general managing. There's so much that I have here notes wise as, 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 as it relates to Brett Veach. I'm just going to get into it, Chandler. Um, yeah, let's do okay. it. Well, let's, let's, right. well, Johnny, we're going to call this the airing of the grievances. Okay. So you, let let me get one little thing in here quick though. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I think, I'm sure you're going to allude to his drafting ability. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I told our buddy Austin Huff yesterday about how we drafted McColl before DK and Terry McLaurin. Is that correct? And Deontay Johnson. Yeah, and he didn't realize that, and he I thought he was going to pass out. <laughs> So with that, I like to air or hand it over to Johnny Rowe for the airing of his grievances. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, it gets worse. Um, so yeah. 2018 is Brett Veach's first draft as the Chiefs general manager. 
His first move is to trade up and take Breland Speaks because he you know, doesn't have a first-round pick. So he trades up for Breland Speaks, and Breland Speaks is off the team and I believe out of the league. His second pick in that draft was Derek Noddy, who's a guy who cannot be on the field on passing downs. And whatever people want to say, maybe they think he's a serviceable player. He's a zero technique, and the rushing defense has been horrible since his arrival in Kansas City. So I'm not seeing it from Derek Noddy. His next pick was a third rounder on Dorian O'Daniel. Dorian O'Daniel only plays special teams for the Chiefs. His next pick was a fourth-round pick on Armani Watts, a guy who only plays special teams for the Chiefs and cannot get on the field to play safety over Daniel Sorensen. Then he took Tremont Smith. Now, these are, you know, these are day three picks, so cut him a little bit of slack. Tremont Smith is not on the team. Khalil McKenzie was a defensive tackle on Tennessee, and the Chiefs drafted him to try to be an offensive lineman, and it didn't work. He's off the team. Then his 2019 draft. You don't have a first-round pick because you traded away to get Frank Clark. So your first pick amid controversy among the Tyreek Hill situation, because no one knew if the domestic dispute was going to happen, whatever, you know, Forgot that, that whole situation. So in 2019, what does the team do? They don't have a first-round pick. So on the, in their second-round pick, they trade up in the draft. So two years in a row, they traded up, and they draft McCole Hardman. So two... <laughs> Two trade-ups, and he's taken Breland Speaks and McCole Hardman. These three players were on the board at wide receiver when McCole Hardman was taken. DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and Deontay Johnson. Then Brett Veach has the 63rd pick in the second round, the pick before the last. And he takes Juan Thornhill, who in his rookie season looked really damn good. Then he got injured and lost total confidence, apparently. Or did the team lose confidence in him? It took Daniel Sorensen getting flamed by Dawson Knox against the Bills to get Thornhill back on the field. And I think Thornhill's been a little bit better. I think Thornhill's a pretty good player. But the pick after Juan Thornhill, yep, that's DK Metcalf. That's a tough one to swallow right there. Going on in that draft, they take Colin Saunders, the Aaron Donald of the FCS or whatever, out of Western Illinois. Colin Saunders stinks. And that was a third-round pick. Then they take Rashad Fenton in the sixth round, who I think actually is good value for a sixth rounder. Then they take Darwin Thompson, who's off the team. Then Nick Allegretti, he's a depth offensive lineman. Let's go to the 2020 draft. The Chiefs get cocky. They win the Super Bowl. Brett Veach in his prized possession, Patrick Mahomes. He asks Patrick Mahomes, who should we take in the first round? Patrick, come on, you're my buddy. You don't do any draft prep year long, but who the fuck do you think we should take, Patrick? Patrick apparently says Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and they take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Why would you take a running back in the first round? I don't know. And at the same time, why would you take Clyde? Andy Reid says he's like Brian Westbrook. What part of his 4-6-40 is Brian Westbrook-like? People compared him to Darren Sproles. How is he like Darren Sproles? Here are the other running backs that were available at the time Clyde Edwards-Alaire was taken. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson. Here are a few other players that were on the board and taken shortly after Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that 2020 draft. Michael Pittman Jr., who had 104 yards and a touchdown last night. T. Higgins. Trevon Diggs, who is probably the defensive player of the year in, in, in football. Okay, then the Chiefs go to their next pick in the second round. They take Willie Gay, a pick I was really excited about. Well, Willie Gay couldn't get on the field in his first year, blamed it all on other bullshit like, oh, we had 
you know, there's this reoccurring theme with Clyde and Willie. Oh, they didn't have their rookie mini camp, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you're really good, that shit doesn't fucking matter. Willie Gay apparently has mental health issues. He couldn't contribute his rookie year. He can't tackle. Remember yesterday in the first half, Ryan Tannehill goes to scramble on third and four or third and five, whatever it was, and Willie Gay completely whiffs on the tackle, and he gets Mm -hmm. the first down. All right, so uh, the next pick after Willie Gay in the 2020 draft, a guy you're familiar with, Chandler, Jeremy Chin. He's a really good Mm -hmm. player. So the Chiefs took Willie Gay over Jeremy Chin. Your next pick in the 2020 draft was Lucas Niang in the third round. Lucas Niang opted out because of some COVID bullshit. And then uh, this year started as your right tackle and has already been demoted. And in his place, Mike Remmers. Which I agree with, by the way. I think Lucas Niang, I think he's been really bad. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's it's warranted. Lucas Niang can't, he can't, he can't play. No. He's not strong enough, I don't think. Mm -mm. And so Mike Remmers has to take his spot. All right, a few more picks, and then I'll let you go, Chan. Um, <laughs> then he takes Legereus Sneed in the fourth round. I think that's maybe his best draft pick. Yeah, um, that's a good fourth rounder. But Legereus Sneed had a horrible pass interference yesterday. He's just not been – he's had a horrible one against the Chargers. He has regressed since his rookie year. Why is he yeah, regressing? He's not and that the, good. I mean – the, the last couple of picks, Mike Dana in the fifth round in 2020 was a rotational player. He, you know, he's a fine rotational piece. And then Bo Pete Keys, he's off the team. Your, 20, <laughs> your 2021 draft, I know it's still year one, so give him some time. But, you know, Creed Humphrey looks pretty good. Nick Bolton's fine. He had a great game yesterday, but I think he lacks athleticism. Joshua Kando, irrelevant. Who the hell is this guy? He can't – he is not a better pass rushing option than what you have, and you have the, rest, the worst pass rush in the league. Noah Gray is a tight end they got in the fifth round. He's irrelevant. I know tight ends take some time, but come on. We know he's going to be irrelevant. Cornell Powell was a fifth-round pick. Cornell Powell was a wide receiver out of Clemson. He didn't even make the roster. And then Trey Smith in the sixth round is probably your best, uh, at least value-wise, your best value pick out of the 2021 draft. So and he had a horrible game yesterday. He had a horrible game. Uh, so those are your drafts from Brett Veach. And then after you respond, Chan, I want to get into what he's done in free agency and some other things, too. So the good from Brett Veach, he gets credit for the Mahomes pick, which I think honestly was I think Dorsey made that pick. And Brett Veach just gets the credit because he was in Andy Reid's ear when ultimately Dorsey made the pick. Um, Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith and, and Juan Thornhill. So there's a handful amidst utter garbage. Go yeah, ahead. two things stand out to me after you break that down. I actually really like that you did that because I don't think, well, A, I didn't know, and it's it's always tough to remember all these different draft picks. But the first one, it it's clear that he cannot, he doesn't understand defensive football for whatever reason because he his personnel that he's picking is just not what we need ever. It's like, it seems like he keeps, he keeps missing there. And then two, it's obvious that he can't he can't evaluate skill players. One of those skill players really has had some sort of impact, and it's not even that much of an impact. And my argument is it's Nicole Hardman. The rest of them, not that much of an impact. It's unfortunate the one Thornhill got hurt because he his career was trending that way. But you never know year one to year two, even if he stays healthy. 
I mean, when you have guys that you're drafting in the fifth, sixth round, I know that they're a little bit riskier, but you expect them to make the team. And you, how many times did you just say they didn't make the team or not on the team? Like at least three or four. And they were yeah. all skill guys. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you hire help, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get it, but like, how, how do you miss on all these skill guys? It's obvious too in games, Johnny, like Patrick just doesn't really have weapons, dude. Like he has two elite weapons, but when you take them away, there's nothing else. Like think about teams in our division, just off the top of my head, the Chargers, two elite receivers and a really good tight end. The Raiders, two really good receivers, maybe three, and a really good tight end. Like, those quarterbacks have different options. It doesn't make any sense why why he can't – I mean, when's the last time we drafted a receiver, dude, besides McColl? Has he drafted a receiver? Well, he drafted Cornell Powell, who was a fit, like a fifth year senior at Clemson, and he didn't make the team. He didn't like he, he didn't he didn't make the opening day roster. He's on the practice squad. It's pathetic. And the they, Chiefs, and... the Chiefs' best offensive weapon, outside you know skill player outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, is Byron Pringle, and Byron Pringle is an un, a twenty eight year old undrafted free agent, and he ran a four five. Yeah, that is your best skill player outside of Hill and, and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's obvious that they just don't. I mean, Demarcus Robinson is worthless. Demarcus what? has been on the team for six years, and he still does not know the playbook. Six years, no. two of those years, Chandler. So he had his initial four years out of Florida, right? He had his initial four years, and then two straight years. It was rumored, oh, there's some teams that are going to bring in Demarcus Robinson out of free agency. They never did it, and the Chiefs are just giving him veteran minimum contracts because, no. sure, this guy has been around. Why, why, why not? He stinks. And it's it's just it, at the end of the day, like we've been talking about, it just comes back to Veach. It really does. I mean, that's just an inability to draft talent. So, I mean, we can we you can blame the players and stuff. And and I saw someone on Twitter. I don't think it was this week, but maybe it was a couple weeks ago. Say something like. If Veach was on the market right now, there'd be half or there'd be a dozen teams wanting wanting him to be their general manager. Bullshit. Well, well, I mean, yeah, at this exact moment, I think that's absolute and complete bullshit. I mean, you, like you said, you give him credit for Patrick Mahomes, but maybe not. So I don't know, Johnny. I, it, it's a tough situation, I guess. The general manager when Mahomes was drafted was John Dorsey. The story is that Brett Veach was obsessed with this guy. Every day, Brett Veach is going into Andy Reid's office to show him um, clips or watch this guy, watch this guy. Okay, on your staff, your scouting staff, there are guys who do that. So Brett Veach, one of the guys that he was told to watch was Mahomes, and he ran with it. Good job. Why the fuck wouldn't you watch the Mahomes tape and think he was really good? So, like, you're not some genius. You were just persistent. And at the end of the day, it's John Dorsey's call who the team is going to draft. So that's why I think John Dorsey's the guy who drafted Mahomes and Veach gets all the credit. But Chandler, it doesn't just end with Brett Veach in the draft. 
Let's go to free agency as well. What did the Chiefs do in free agency uh, after 2018? They went, first thing they did, Anthony Hitchens. Or, Anthony Hitchens is terrible. Like, he's, terrible. he's really bad. He is god-awful. He, god. He is god-awful. Okay? What else did they do? They went and signed Sammy Watkins to a three-year, $48 million contract. Sammy Watkins did some good things for the Chiefs, but ultimately, you bring in his injuries, Sammy Watkins was a role player. He was a role player for the Chiefs. Okay? You know who else got paid at the exact same time as Sammy Watkins? Allen Robinson for $6 million less. So the Chiefs decided the marquee free agent wide receiver signings were Sammy Watkins that year and Allen Robinson that year. And Brett Veach decided to go with Sammy Watkins. So he, he took an L there too, right? We already talked about Frank Clark. That's a massive L. Tyron Matthew, I think, has done some good things, but it's obvious that that relationship is done now. The Chiefs, if they wanted Tyron Matthew, they wouldn't have let him take a $19 million cap hit this year and they would have extended him already, okay? They've been dancing around the Matthew contract for some time. Tyron Matthew will not be in, the, in a, a Chief next year. So that one's done. Okay, three years, great. What happened this year? The Chiefs tried to go get a left tackle that they could come in, that could come in right now, be a badass, and fix the offensive line because they cut Fisher and Schwartz. They went all in for Trent Williams. And, oh, would you look at that. He just decided to stay in San Francisco. Why? You got outbid. How do you get outbid when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback? That is truly pathetic. Trent Williams is so much better than Orlando Brown, okay? I thought Orlando Brown was going to be a good player for the Chiefs, but it goes back. And so, okay, so then what do you do? You don't get Trent Williams. So what's plan B? Let's go trade a first-round pick for Orlando Brown to our rival in the in the AFC. And the media says, why did the Chiefs do this? Why, or why did the Ravens do this? They're going to give their, their arch nemesis, their kryptonite, uh, this left tackle. Well, it turns out it goes back to the whole Jaron Reed argument we, I made a while ago. Teams know how good these players are. Teams know, okay? And the Ravens, more than anyone else, knew the level of play they were going to get from Orlando Brown. Okay, and so they were fine giving the Chiefs Orlando Brown for a first round pick. And with that first round pick, they drafted Odafa Owe. Odafa Owe had zero sacks his last year in college, but the Ravens are good, a good drafting team. And they saw traits in Owe, and he's the guy who stripped CEH in the Ravens game and gave them the ball. And he's been a menace the entire year for the Ravens. So here we go. Brett Veach again fucks that up. A few other things. He brought in Le'Veon Bell. That was supposed to fix things. He was terrible. Jaron Reed, like I mentioned before, he's supposed to be the, the key that unlocks the defensive line. That's proven to be bullshit as well. They bring in Josh Gordon. Well, it's now been three weeks, and Josh Gordon couldn't, you know, Josh Gordon was the intended receiver on that Mahomes interception, and he couldn't come down with that ball either. And Josh, Josh Gordon, I, you're not gonna, I don't think you're going to get anything from Josh Gordon. Mm-mm. So Brett Veach does not. Brett Veach is just missing. He's, he's just throwing up bricks. And it's getting to the point where we're getting desperate. And I think serious, serious questions need to be asked of this general manager because you only have so many years with Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes has not looked like the same player over these last eight weeks. And, and, and honestly, a few more uh, further than that. So as a Chiefs fan, man, this is just not a good time because you're getting exposed with your roster, uh, your roster's lack of athleticism. Your franchise quarterback just doesn't look the same. 
your your assistant coaches, Bienemy, Spagnolo, Dave Tobe, you know, they're no longer getting interviewed to be head coaches. And I think that's a bad sign. When your assistant, when your coordinators aren't being actively sought for 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 head coaching jobs, that's a problem. And I think we now see why Eric Bienemy is like 0 for 15 on being a head coach because there's just some quality that he doesn't have. And uh, Chandler try to save this because I know I just aired a whole bunch of grievances are probably going to make people walk into oncoming traffic, but it's not good. Well, speaking real quick on the enemy, I think he actually fucked himself uh, because I think up until this year, I think he had opportunities to be a head coach. I think he turned, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't not claiming that I'm a hundred percent right on this, but I think he turned like interviews down. Like I think he came out and said maybe that he wanted to stay in Kansas city. I don't know if there was something like planned out in the works, maybe for him to take over Andy Reid. I don't know. That's all speculation, but yeah, Johnny. Um, Sorry. I know that was a lot. I, 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 no, no, no. It's the truth. Yeah, it's it's the absolute truth, and I think just a quick summation is the Chiefs are in a very bad spot right now, um, personnel-wise, chemistry-wise. I think it's clear right now that, that they don't seem to have any energy out there together. It doesn't look good right now, and um, I, I, I hate this narrative going around today where everyone's like, the Chiefs, like if you wouldn't have been able to be a good Chiefs fan if you lived in the early 2000s. Well, we're trending towards the early 2000s right now. So, yeah, maybe we should be a little pissed off because we know how shitty that is. I was around for the early 2000s. It wasn't great football. But it's that pride and passion that you have in your team that when you get to the top, you fuck, you want to regress? You want to go back to that bullshit? You want to go back to Chad – or not Chad Henney? You want to go back to Matt Castle and those guys? Like, that's just such a bullshit, soft-ass mindset for wanting and expecting more out of a guy who's right behind me on video that you pay half a billion dollars over these next 10 years. I'm sorry. When you're running down the field and you're not locking the ball away and your name's not Michael Vick and you're a quarterback, the fuck are you doing? So I'm sorry that, yes, we, you know, this, it could just be a bad year and it happens to teams. But with the personnel and the way the team's acting right now, it is like it's 2005. I mean, this defense can't stop a cold. And this offense is turning the ball over at an alarming rate. And those two things will never win football games. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how bad you are. If you do those things, you will never win a game. And with that, I'm going to wrap up because I think we beat the Giants, but it's going to be a pretty difficult game. I don't see any team – the rest of the way, and by the way, our schedule is ridiculous the rest of the way. We don't play one bad team the rest of the way. I'm even including the Giants because that's how bad I think this Chiefs team is right now. It isn't impossible to say that we lose seven of the last, what, nine? Right? We have nine games left? I mean, 
it, it's it's a really scary time to be a Chiefs fan. It could get really ugly quick. So, like I said, Johnny, we have the Giants next Monday night. Monday night football, first time for the Chiefs this season. Um, positive spin. It's at home. <laughs> I mean, there just isn't that many. There's not that much positive spin here. Uh, you got to come out and you have to win this game. You don't win this game. You don't win this game. The season's over. Positive spin. The Chiefs won the second half of the Titans game three to nothing. Yeah. After, <laughs> totally after, giving, after giving them already 27. So, yeah, when Daniel Jones comes into Arrowhead on Monday Night Football and leads an opening drive, opening touchdown drive, I'm not going to be too shocked. This defense can't stop anybody. No, no. I completely agree. And um, with that, we're going to end this episode. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. This was the Figure It Out podcast. Johnny, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. See you, Chan. Uh-